Welcome back to Two Americas, everybody. How are we doing? Oh, I love that. I love that. That little beat. You love your little intros. That you work so beat. hard on those. I work hard on it, but I also just love music. It makes me move, baby. Oh, I can't resist it. <laughs> it's true, though. You're always dancing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you hid your idols in the appropriate drawers. We hope you got your golden calves in the garage where we can't find them because we're here to smash them today. Put your statues away and all your wooden idols. Yeah, no, we're coming for them, baby. We're mm. coming for all of them. And we're going to show you how you may not realize the things you idolize. And mm -hmm. we're going to smash those, too. Mm -hmm. But... Baby, what is the real focus here? Why are we doing all this? The real focus is that human beings are always going to worship something. Mm -hmm. And depending on what we choose, it can make or break this country and then ultimately this world. See, there was a way this related back to the cultural warfare. Mm -hmm. Everybody's thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to do a religious episode. Tune out. No, not no. necessarily. No. But the two things are intertwined. Mm -hmm. What a lot of people don't realize, especially the normies and the sort of cultural atheists, right. is that everything you do is an act of worship. You dedicate your time, you dedicate your passion, you yep. dedicate your you know, treasure, your blood, and you give it over to something. And if it's just money, greed, whether it's proving your parents wrong about their low expectations of you, all of those motivations are going to drive you towards something. Mm -hmm. And... Well, sometimes it drives people into politics. Sometimes it drives people to want to make everybody else wear an idiotic cloth mask on their face because they just need the control. But here we are. And what we have established, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, sweetheart, okay. is that we have a gods in the form of elites. Oh, for sure. Right? Or at least that's what they think they are. I mean, this is a big one because, I mean, we treat them with acts of worship. Mm -hmm. We offer them fealty. Mm -hmm. we, they, they have sort of their own little religions, whether they call them or not. Right. Their ideologies get yep. followed with a religious fervor. I mean, you get people like uh, celebrities like um, Queen Bay. Oh, gosh. She is worshipped 100%. I mean, you don't get a title like that without some kind of quasi-religious connotation. Well, her husband calls himself Hova, for God's sake. Oh, my God. Like Jehovah. So Subtle. they both think that they are something to worship. I mean, she's at Michael Jackson's status. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing. MJ never asked to be worshipped. He just made... He was just like, I'm just here. I just I really love to he dance. He just made catchy songs I'm and nobody. did fun dances. Yeah. I just, I love the children. It really was a shame that he had to be such a creepy pedophile. I know. I know. He would have been a cool dude otherwise. You know what? I still dance to his music. I, it's, it's hard Because not it hasn't to. been really proven 100%. It is hard not to. There's still do. that little shadow of doubt <laughs> that I relish. <laughs> but here's something I want you all to think about as okay. you're kind of just tuning into the show and you're getting your first little drink on as you're winding down for the evening. Your elites hate you. Mm -hmm. Think about this for a second. Seriously. You think Queen Bee would give a rat's tootie? If you came up into her presence and you told her all about how great she is and, oh, my God, you're so beautiful and you're an inspiration, that sort of thing, she might smile at you. She might be in a good mood. She may even give you a little side hug and let you take a picture. But at the end of the day, she looks down on people like you. All you have to do is follow their social media. All you have to do is their ideology. All you have to do is see how she reacts to fans and these silly photos that got published of her a few years ago and how she demanded the entire Internet take them down because it made her look bad. Listen. 
they don't, they don't care about you. They need your money, mm-hmm. right? They need your worship mm-hmm. so that they can ascend and they can leave you behind. You know what? They're literally like Greek gods because I've been watching, sorry, for the third time rewatching Xena Warrior Princess. You love some Xena. I love Xena Warrior Princess. And the, all the gods are mad. They get mad when they're not worshipped. They get mad when uh, their temples are torn down or, right. or um, desecrated or something like that. And the reason why they get mad is because they lose power. They'll lose their immortality. They lose all their you know, supernatural whatever, whatever, if they don't get worship. So the worship gives them power. The worship's like fuel for the engine. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. And that's the interesting thing is you know, these sort of Greek mythology, these Greek pantheons, which turned into the Roman pantheon, mm-hmm. they always believed that, which is why they had so much idol worship. They had so many, like if you walk through like a typical street in a Roman conquered city, you'd see all these little alcoves sort of carved into stone walls everywhere. And they'd always have like little idols like mm-hmm. Dionysus or Venus or Mars or whatever. And everybody kind of had like their pet favorite gods that they right. keep in the house. You know, if you were a warrior, there's pretty good chance you pray to Mars fairly often. You know, maybe, maybe you're kind of like, yeah. Aries. You know, you're somebody who's looking for wisdom, so maybe you go for different guns. Can you say Aries like God of War in the video game? <clears throat> I can't quite do it to his level of awesome, but let me give it a shot. <clears throat> Aries! That was pretty good. It was all right. You need more depth. I know. I don't have that, like, deep black man rumble that he's got. It's okay. Did you ever see the video where he did the, um, because he always says boy. Yeah, I saw that. And he does. He said it at the award show. It was very cute. Read it, boy. He was, he was good in uh, Stargate series. Didn't he die? Oh my gosh, is he dead? I think he is. Well, now I'm sad. The guy who did the voiceover for the video game God of War, is he dead? Uh, comments, please. Oh, we've already got four comments. We better see what they say. Maybe Let me other. look. We also didn't do our topic of the week. Boom. That's Boom. what we're doing today. <laughs> Lots of ways the gods of this age worship themselves and make us worship them. We're going to give you a lot of examples, and we're going to tie in some interesting things that are relevant that have been happening in um, the last few days, the last week in the news cycle, and those are going to relate back to our theme. Uh, the political people are the same, says Victoria. Mm-hmm. She's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hey, Aussie. Hey, how I, you doing, bud? How you doing? Oh. I just jacked up his name. I am so sorry. I, I, did, I wasn't even going to try it. I didn't uh, want to embarrass myself. He has a nickname. Aussie. Oh, gosh. Forgive it, me. Forgive me Asiga? if I missed it. Yes, but it, I'm not going there. It's all good. Whatever. You can correct us later. And I can't even see it. So well, I'm already blinded by all this wine I'm drinking. <clears throat> she hasn't drank that much. She's just silly. But you know, we we see this in a lot of examples. And one of the things that I've noticed personally, I don't know if you can give me some feedback on this, but like Western culture lately seems to worship mediocrity in the arts. Oh, for sure. And th- what I mean by that is like, look at something like architecture. Um, you know, like during the Cold War, during the Soviet era, everything was sort of like this sort of bunker like cinder block, sort of brutal efficiency architecture. Mm-hmm. And the irony is, it's like they, they would build like a like a giant ski lodge slash memorial looking thing on some obscure Siberian mountain where there was like a little ski resort. Okay. And they would dedicate this to some famous Russian Olympic skier. But nobody would go there and they never quite finish it. And because the, the the Soviet Union was so corrupt and so ridiculous, they would cheap out in the construction and mm. be like, oh, okay, well, we're gonna make this whole giant thing out of like concrete, but we're gonna add a ton of sand to it because that's a lot cheaper. And then the dang thing would collapse like in 10 years because it was poorly made. 
but then they'd be showing videos and photos of it and making like it's the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever, and Mm -hmm. sending it to the whole world, like where our country is covered in these beautiful memorials with these big statues and all this sort of stuff. And then like nobody can go into them because they're a health hazard because they're (laughs) just cave in, you know. And like, and I'm starting to see that happen here in the West. Really? Yeah, because like you go to like you go to Europe, and part of the charm of like Europe seeing the old world, right? Because they still have all these buildings with no AC and HVAC in them, and they're like beautiful. Full, these beautiful facades and the old style a lot of history and the thing a lot of people don't realize unless you're a dork like me and you study like art history and you study religion and you kind of weave it all together is that most of these societies were trying to ascend and appreciate the beauty of god and they were trying to elevate mm. their culture and so you know that's why the churches were so super fancy back in the day is because the idea was is that you were supposed to walk into a church and you were supposed to be awed by the beauty and it was supposed to make you think about the beauty of god right and this is why old catholic churches are all so fancy well nowadays it's like you walk into a church and it's like office gray carpet like popcorn ceiling and then like maybe a rudimentary stage and mm-hmm. you're in like a bunker with no windows and some like cheap rental chairs you know and it just it doesn't have the same impact right and i'll add this too it's it's not only ugly it's gotten freaking weird have you seen some of like modern art oh where it, you go to a, a art show there's like a chair sitting in the middle of it or um a, like a literally like i've i've seen like a piece of dookie or women will be like i've been collecting my menstrual blood and they'll rub it all over themselves or rub it all over a canvas um another one that i've seen is this woman was collecting her pee this this lesbian lady in california of course it would be california. <laughs> she was collecting her pee or something like that <laughs> and then she she had to ship it so then they had to like refrigerate it so it wouldn't get i don't know i don't know what happens if this old pee yeah i don't know and like her her partner was just like i have been upset with the pee and the smell and she rented out a space with a bunch of refrigerators to put the pee in and then they they put it in in like a a truck that would refrigerate it and they drove it across the country (laughs) and then poured all of it into like this giant container and I think she sat on the toilet in front of everybody and 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 then with the tub behind her and like that was art and people were like, Wow, this is like so intriguing and impactful. Well, that explains a lot so about So that's why, also art. That explains a lot about why Hunter Biden's able to uh, sell his product. Right. So it's not even just people aren't trying. It's also they've gone they've gone past trying and they're like trying too hard. Yeah. And they're getting freaking weed with it. Well it's like you can it's like you know, joke about the golden toilet that's labeled America. That's Guggenheim exhibit. You pay a little fee and you can go and piss or crap on America. Uh, Excellent. Oh, can we go back to something? Because there's what? some, there's one, there's another example I wanted to give. Is we were talking about celebrities uh, before we got to the art, but it's also, as um, uh, Victoria said, it's also politicians or uh, people in politics, at least. Um, Peter Strzok, he's not a politician, but he he worked for the FBI. He worked in like the S- the uh, counter espionage mm-hmm. department. He was the chief of it. Well, you remember he sent those text messages, and one of them said, "Just went to Southern Virginia Walmart. I could smell the Trump supporter." And another thing he said was, uh, he was in Loudon, Loudon. I don't know how to say it, County Virginia, and said um, and called people ignorant hillbillies. And these are people that had like American flags, Trump signs, and stuff like that. Right. So you don't call people names like that and say like I smell them. Unless Unless you think you're better than them. So it's not just Hollywood, and it's also people are in D.C. So I wanted to put that out there as well. Absolutely. And this is going to lead us into a couple of prominent personalities. Um, one of the things we worship, obviously, 
we've done this for eons mm-hmm. of human history. Mm-hmm. Well, well, this is why generals have such a vaunted status. This is why generals always get their footnotes in history. This is why generals get credited with winning battles, even if they just stood on the sidelines and coordinated. Right. But let's talk a little bit about General Milley. Jesus, be a fence yeah. all around me and every day. Yeah. Sorry, I had to sing that over me no, it, so I could talk about this. General Milley is a woke joke, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Afghanistan debacle has revealed that. And unfortunately, he's now in a battle, apparently, with um, you know the the president's staff and he's, he's been kind of made moves because he's like, I'm not going down for this and da, 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 da. But he was already embarrassing himself with all this woke nonsense and the CRT. Oh stuff God. Yeah. On. Yeah. And what I don't understand is, is why we would worship people that used to, you know, back in like Lacedaemonia, i.e. the Spartans, you know, people who like actually had martial prowess or somebody like Alexander the great. It's like that speech I sent you about the, uh, the rebellion, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, the, these were some impressive individuals, right? They were generals of real armies who did real things. And whether or not you believed in their cause or you found it you know, moral or ethical, you still had to respect the pow- the prowess there. Yeah. You still had to respect the strength of these men and their effectiveness. People like General Milley, like they, they're like those third world leaders. They have like these huge amounts of like ribbons and things and, and like all these achievements and stuff. And, and they just, when Ain't you actually, when you get into push comes to shove, they're feckless and useless. Ain't done a thing. Did you see the meme where it was uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower on one side and then Millie on the other side? Yeah, yeah. And it was talking about the the medals and the Yeah, it's like Dwight, it. Dwight had like one band. And he he actually won a war. Millie's got like this giant like third world dictator thing going on over here. And he's yeah. just like, I'm worried about white rage. And, you know, woke is very important. Ibram X. Kendi is strongly recommended. Mm-hmm. And he's pushing his religion quote religion mm-hmm. on others and that's something to think about in the context of false idols and false gods these people have their own beliefs and agendas and just because they're wearing a military uniform doesn't make them objective far from it mm-hmm. when you reach that status when you reach into the command staff level of any kind of uniform paramilitary organization you're no longer dealing with a person on the ground you're no longer dealing with a soldier mm-hmm. you're not dealing with a bureaucrat a politician exactly it's the same thing with the sheriff's department the sheriff is a politician yeah. an elected person they don't even need law enforcement experience anybody can become a sheriff if they get elected right which is now i want to um uh inform everyone that i'm running for sheriff and uh i would love your (laughs) i'm kidding sorry i was i was totally behind it that would have been hilarious um (laughs) but you know and and let's let's talk since we're talking generals let's talk about another general that you may or may not be aware of unless you're like a twitter lunatic like me and you're all up in the business but let's talk about general michael hayden you have anything uh from that one um yeah actually i had more on millie but let's let's talk about hayden we can come back to billy we'll come back to we him back. we'll beat him up later all right so this is interesting i found this on twitter just by accident ignoring my normal little twitter scrolling and you know it's one of these lefty ha 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 poke at us poke at the opposition like they're taliban are taliban and it shows uh, for those of you who are just listening you know obviously like a, like a little cavalcade of trucks with the uh, Afghani Taliban flag and a bunch of terrorists. And then it shows a uh, procession of, you know, like Ford F-250s with American and Trump flags on them. And it says, they're Taliban. And then the second, second image, it says, our Taliban. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I look at stuff like this and I'm just like, whatever. Yep. You guys are dicks. And I move on. But what's interesting to me is I caught this one. It showed General Michael Hayden retweeted. Yep. So I did me a little research and put him up on the old Wikipedia and, and that's his picture in case you want to. This is uh, this, this, and I looked at the rest of his social media, and um, apparently this guy is real anti-Trumper. 
And I'm not just saying just anti-Trump or like maybe he had like political disagreements or maybe he just didn't like the way he did things because he works in the big defense apparatus and Trump was kind of Trumpy. No, no, no. This is a guy who despises to the heart of his being that that same people that you were talking about with Peter Strzok. Mm -hmm. And he makes it abundantly clear. Now, here's the thing. Okay, fine. You got one general who happens to be a bit of a lefty. Wouldn't you expect that? Well, this guy's Bush appointee. Right. This guy was elected by a quote-unquote conservative. So they can't say they were attacking Democrats on the show. And not only that, but this guy was like the head of like the CIA at some level. He was part of like NSA. He's in charge of all these other serious like intelligence and security divisions. They get to do all the shady stuff mm -hmm. with very little oversight. And he despises over half of the country to his to the bottom of his black little soul. Mm -hmm. And he compares us to the Taliban for voting for Trump. I was going to say that the when you said it, it was it was hatred, that's literally the point that I wrote out. I was like, this is purely hatred. No matter how you feel about Trump, whether you like him or not, it doesn't take that much of an IQ to see comparing Trump fanatics and, you know, sometimes I call them Trump worshipers. Well, like comparing Trump worshipers to men who... Uh, kidnap little girls and make them wives, men who uh, molest boys, um, men who, yeah, men who, uh, goats. Those poor goats. They didn't uh, know what was happening. They rape women. Uh, yeah, they like to take pre prepubescent boys and make them their wives. And they, and they plot out the hate of an, uh, the, the murder of an entire country. Like that's the Taliban. These, these are these people. They're barbaric. They behead people. And he's like, oh yeah. They're the same. I agree with that. Let me retweet it. I mean, that's purely hatred. I mean, yeah, because he, he he obviously knows that he's being hyperbolic, but at the same time, he doesn't mind taking it to that level because he hates us so much. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, like 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 the Taliban thinks they're better than us, which is why they they yeah. hate us, and which is you know a lot of people like when you think you're better than someone, you you, you talk about them like they're dogs. You talk about them like they're the ones like your dog that's like. Please give me your pizza crust. Like that's how they that's how you look at people that when you think you're better than them. And literally this general was like <laughs> Look at the Taliban. They're just like the Taliban, those filthy desert dogs. Those filthy Walmart shopping. They smell like trucks and grease. Golden golden corral eaten. They smell like truck driving AR-15 dust with their quarter pounders and Whopper Juniors. wearing dirty Carhartt. They, they, produce, they probably them. they probably concrete for a living. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know what's what's scary to me about all this is that these are not just typical lefty pundits. They're not like our equivalent on the left, just in their mouth. Not really having a whole lot of power influence over the levers of power. These are people who have the ability to press a button and make things disappear. Oh, yeah. These are the people who will advise the president of the United States on whether or not they should like commit genocide. Mm -hmm. You know, like these are these are not just like feckless little men in uniforms. And so for them to despise half the country, and worse, to actually have been appointed to office by conservatives themselves. Mm -hmm. It just goes to show you, you cannot worship people in the army. You cannot worship men at arms. You have to know their character. You have to know what their agenda is. And you have to see the results firsthand before you hold somebody in high esteem. This is why I don't believe this whole like, oh, you've got stripes. I'm going to salute you. You've got bars, whatever. For me, you have to earn it. Mm -hmm. I have to know what you're about, which is why it's like, 
Like I understand when you're in a paramilitary organization, you have to follow the chain of command, blah, blah, blah. But if you're a private citizen like me and millions of other people who follow these people and they look at their opinions as like gospel truth and they hold them in esteem of demigods, well, you may want to reevaluate your heroes, folks. Mm -hmm. You may want to pray to a different God. It tells us another thing too. It, it, it also tells us that they also worship themselves. Oh, so oh, um, Millie and Hayden, like it's not just it, it goes beyond um, confidence. It goes beyond pride. This is I am better than you. You smell like Walmart people. Look, you know what I mean. Like it, it yes. goes beyond that. <laughs> Can we go back to Millie real yeah, quick? Absolutely. I was gonna say because me. let me. I just want to give the people some quotes because when he was in headlines, honestly, I didn't really bother to look him up. Like I heard about the critical race. Everything and I was like, whatever. I didn't know. Whatever. whatever. I know where I stand. I don't care. But I just, when I started to look him up a little bit more, this is these are some of the things he said. So this is when Trump was in office. This is last year, last summer, and we know this was the summer of love when you and I met and fell in love. Mm. Such great memories. So he told Stephen Miller, uh, a, a Trump advisor, he told him to shut the f up. <laughs> When Stephen mentioned to Trump that he said cities are burning, so they were in a room somewhere, maybe the Oval Office, I don't know, and they were watching TV, Fox News or something, and there was footage of the riots of cities burning. And Stephen Miller, he looks at Trump and he goes, like, cities are burning. He said, and then uh, Millie goes, shut the F up, Stephen. Like, he got offended by that. This was during the George Floyd riots. So first of all, he has he's a general. He has zero instinct to protect America from foreign and domestic uh, enemies. He literally got offended at Stephen Miller and made who made an, who just made an observation. He didn't say who was behind it. He didn't say this is Antifa's fault. This is the left fault. These are Negroes doing this. He didn't say any. Of that. He just said, "Like, sir, cities are burning," which millions of people across America said. And he got offended about that. And why he get offended? think we know why i think it's because like that's being racist right, right. the implication of racism mm -hmm. because we saw on tv it was you know black people doing all the birth so he looked at he looked at Stephen miller and assumed racism right so, just cute because he's a fat white guy yeah well we're gonna we're gonna get to the his well not his fat but his white um 18 people like this is what i was able to look up i don't know the numbers now but 18 people died 794 police officer casualties, not death, but injuries. Um, and then $2 billion in property damages. And he's like, yeah. you racist. <laughs> what beta male? That's beta male tendencies. You know, that's the thing too, is like if I were in an office and uh, the Oval Office, mm -hmm. and one of the guys responsible for my nation's security demonstrated that kind of behavior, I'd fire his ass. I don't know why he tripped it. Trump should have fired a lot of people. He should. He should have just. It should have been like he'd be president now if he fired a lot of people. I think. I think most. I think. There's, I have two theories about this because I've asked this question my, myself a lot of times. Republicans go into office and they don't do what Democrats do. They kind of like play this little game where it's like they kind of fire some people, but then they keep a lot of people to try and look bipartisan or something. Whereas Democrats go in there and they'll like steal the keyboards like Clinton administration did or like pull keys out of the Are keyboards. Are you serious? They petty. stole the keyboards? Oh, yeah. They would do petty little pranky things like that when they left the- You're not going to have a K now. Yeah, exactly. Like they were just children. Because you're KKK, and you're not going to be able to text your They fire a bunch of people or they'll like harass people out of the office if they didn't fire them so that they'll quit. You know, like the petty. And Republicans will try to be in there and be all honorable. And it's just like, why? 
if I got elected president, I would make like 30 to 60% of the government disappear overnight. I'm like, you're all fired. Get lost. Yeah. You made this country worse, not better. Shoot. You're not coming in as a new manager. No. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is, I mean, you said it beginning this is culture war stuff that we're in right now and you have like these these aren't democrats that used to be when i was probably in like third grade or something these are very different kind of democrats and they're getting overrun by super left people yeah. and folks who are like justice democrats like aoc you and get like the these, squad you know like these fat bloated snobs like general milley with all these badges of all these things they've been involved in over the years i'm like you're a fat burrowing i probably carry more weapons than he does on a daily basis those people are ticks for you to have that many ribbons to be involved with that many things over that many years tells me that you weren't in them Mm -hmm. people who go to that many war fronts and get involved in that many battles usually don't come home Mm -hmm. right you've just been sitting on your fat bloated woke behind for two generations sucking at the government teat our money and trying to judge us because you went to woke college like get lost you fat turd here's another thing when asked why his soldiers were reading critical race theory wokeness in um wokeness in january 6th he said quote i read Karl marx i read Lenin. that doesn't make me a communist so what's wrong with understanding the country which we are here to defend he also said and i want to understand white rage and i'm white and i want to understand it so what is that so what is it that caused thousands of people to assault the building, this building, and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. He's a liar. I was going to say, that's... So, so that is like... to call it, first of all, to call it white rage means that it's inherent to white people. And so now he's like, I am white. There's white rage, and I don't understand it. But if it's white rage, shouldn't you? No, but see, that's you how know the, what I'm saying. See, that's how the wokies play the game. You see what I'm saying? They're like, I hate white people, but I still need to keep this position and keep my job because it's super important, and I'm doing good work for black people. So also, I can't give my position away to a better, more deserving Native American gay folk because I need to be here to help them. Mm-hmm. He wants his freaking job. Also, are you a warrior or anthropologist? He's like, I want to analyze this situation. Well, there's this. You know what I mean? There's this bad tendency because we've had too many years of peace from better men from previous generations where we have a bunch of fat, bloated men in uniform that don't do anything except read, sort of. Also, he he he's pretending that he hasn't already made a judgment about the January 6th people. He has. He called them. He called, he said something about um them. Being like Nazis, you know the the huge, the huge. And meanwhile, he's having his soldiers read about critical race theory, which is a Marxist uh, idea. It's a Marxist theory. Talk to anyone from Venezuela, Nicaragua, uh, China; they'll tell you, "Yeah, I've seen this before." I mean, we've talked to two Venezuelans. I've talked to a Chinese person, and they tell us, like, we've seen this before. Americans need to reject this theory as much as possible. Now it's like wrapped up now in a, in a package and in a gift box in a way that Americans can kind of digest it, sort of. But it's still the same thing that these other countries did. And now millions of people are dead. I mean, how many millions? Do you know the number of uh, how many millions of people communists have killed? The projection is anywhere between 80 to 120 million. Yeah. And so we're accepting it in our military. And General Milley's like, oh, I think he's good. Oh. He's a politician. He's not a warrior. 
Yep. Your false god has been cast down. So he's Afghanistan is proof. Yep. So he's made his own moral code, which is what what you just said a moment ago, which is like I have to be here because like they feel like they're doing something for what we would say is God. They feel like they're doing something for a higher purpose and a higher power. So they've made their own religion and they are the one that create their own moral code. They do. And speaking of uh, moral codes and violating them, let's talk a little bit about this, uh, how schools play a role in oh, this. Oh, God. I mean, the education system has been targeting people systematically, I think, for 100 years mm -hmm. at this point in this country. Uh, most people aren't going to ride that train with me and all the way to the station, so I'll skip it. But essentially what I see is, is that the school is becoming its own idol, its own god. They're replacing family. Now, here's why. If you think about this from a theist's perspective, and it doesn't even matter what type of Christian or Jew you are, but you can get you can jive with this. God is the head, the head of the world, right? Head of the universe. Next to that is the parents, right? And then the children. The family unit is critical to the success of the West. It's critical to the success of the Christian rubric or the Judeo-Christian rubric. So when you subsidize your parenthood to a bunch of people that you barely know, most of them being activists, and at this point, outright communists and CRT adherents and Black Lives Matter supporters and Antifa on the sly, you are bending to a new God. When you give up your children for eight hours a day or more and all of their morals, their values, their socialization and their education, what good are you? You no longer parent those children. You are the babysitter and they are the family. They spend more time with them than they do with you and their values and all the things that are inculcated that shape their minds and shape their futures are done in school. When they come home to you, that's a break. So wait, are you telling me that I'm a housewife? If the shoe fits. Ew. Yeah, my ashy little babies. <laughs> Semi-ashy because of you. Right. I reduce the ashiness with my whiteness. <laughs> But let's let's here, here's an example of what I'm talking about, right? This has been all over the news. The one in Utah, we have a mm -hmm. link to this. These people genuinely believe that they are the authority over your children, and they think that the family is subservient to the educational authority. Yep. Right, and the audience can see this. Mm -hmm. um, for those of you who cannot see this, this is from the Post Millennial um, exclusive. Washington public school forces student athletes to wear ankle monitors for purposes of COVID segregation. A 15-year-old girl. Go back up, please. Oh, a 15-year-old girl was allegedly forced to wear an ankle tracking monitor for volleyball practice at Eatonville High School in Washington State as a condition of participating in team sports. Mm -hmm. Now, I followed up with this. Apparently, she wasn't the only one. Mm. Um, the uh, the alleged logic, air quotes, logic behind this ridiculous decision is that anybody who was unvaccinated, they needed to monitor their distance from one another. And so in order for them to engage in team sports, which involved them potentially coming close to other people, they had to wear ankle monitors like people on probation and parole. That's so ridiculous. How in the blue F does Washington get away with this? How can an educator in a high school get away with this decision? Who The buck stops with who on this one? Because the only way that this happened was is that some gym teacher who was probably a leftist lunatic got a burr up their A and decided to go to the vice principal and the principal and have a little powwow. And all of them agreed. You can't make a decision like this, this level of overreach, this level of ridiculousness without everybody being okay with it. Mm-hmm. 
which means they were. Mm-hmm. And I want to know their names. I want to know their faces. And I want that place shut down. Mm-hmm. Any parent worth their salt who actually cares about their kids should be storming that place, even if they weren't the ones who had to be forced to wear those ankle monitors. Do not tolerate this crap. This is way over the line. And this is what I'm talking about, about worship. Yes. The fact that everybody has to even contemplate going in there and flipping tables means that they already worship at the altar of these educators. They are dog shit. I'm sorry I'm pissed off like this, but these people are shit. And the reason for that is because you have been so brainwashed for so many years by the public school system that you actually think that they're demigods, that you can't confront them, that you can't challenge them. You are the one in charge. You are the parent. Somebody tries to kid treat your kid this way, you throw that thing across the room and you say, I want them off the roster now. They are no longer a part of your school system. Mm-hmm. But the fact that nobody's doing this is what's making me nuts. Mm-hmm. Also, you, going back to the Greek God thing, people didn't worship the Greek gods out of love. They worshiped them at, because they wanted something from them. And they also worshiped them because they were afraid to be punished. So I, so like, you know, we worship our God because we're like, you first loved us. That's the, like the, the thing with, with Christians, you first right. love love. So we love you back. This is not the same with, no. with pagan religions. They, they worship because they're like, please do not strike me down and don't bring famine this year. Like, that's what they do. And so with this this topic specifically, it's like, please don't do anything to me. Uh, please just just make me make sure I'm comfortable. I don't want to confront anything. I don't want tension. And you can have my kids. Yeah, you know, it's give, like they're sacrificing their children. Mars, if you give me victory, I will throw a party and I'll slaughter three oxen in your name and dedicate two slaves to you, you know? And is this hyperbolic? You know what? I don't have kids. It's it's hard to say. I and I lean on the uh the uh ready for controversy side. That's why I carry a weapon all the time and I'm like, I'm not hoping that I get in controversy, but you know, kind of like want that die hard moment at the same time. <laughs> but you know, like I I'm like I'm ready for a fight all the time. Even when I was little, like my mom says I would I'm I'm ready for a confrontation all the time. And so maybe it's that's why it's bizarre to me, but I don't think so. I think when it comes to you have a a little person that that you've been given to take care of, you fight tooth and nail to make sure that any subjective material, any kind of abuse that comes towards them, you should be the gatekeeper. But we, we've been so brainwashed to remove the family as the head of the household, as the primary unit, as the you know the the vaunted nuclear family has been discredited to such a degree for so many generations at this point that these educators can get away with this. This goes back to several episodes ago. We talked to Nay Logan yeah. and we were watching that video mm-hmm. and the, the lady was like, yeah, women can be strong. Women are very capable. We juggle a lot of things. Yeah. It takes three of us to put a light bulb in, but you know, whatever we get the job done. <laughs> um, <laughs> and one of the, we were showing her a video and one of the things that the lady said in the video, um, the good, the good Patriot, she said, imagine women if we weren't the ones that had to go to the school board meetings and it was our men. She was like, that's hot. And I'm like, there's a few men that I've seen, like especially like uh, there's been like one black dad, I think, and like maybe a couple of them that have gone semi-viral. And then there's one that ended up on Fox News. He went very viral. viral. But it's been mainly chicks going to school board meetings saying, you will not teach my kids CRT. You will not teach my kids about masturbation and blood play like you're not doing that and the you know like i i feel like no i know that that it has to be men that step up in this situation and, right. and they are the gate they are the 
the number one gatekeepers and women can stand behind them and go, yeah, that's right. You tell them, babe, because I'll cut you too. <laughs> like, it has to be like that. Like, they have to work in tandem, I guess. I agree. And I, I think that the problem is, is that so many of us have gotten soft and we've gotten lazy and we have deferred so much of our parental responsibilities to the education system that they're able to get away with this crap. Yep. Now, do we have some stuff about the uh, lady in Utah, the one that went on the oh, rant? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <coughs> I'm just going to play this video and we'll let them watch. I think it's two minutes long. We'll just get highlights. Okay. So people get back to me. I hate Donald Trump. I'm going to say it. I don't care what y'all think. Trump sucks. Turn off the Fox News. Do your parents take the Fox News? So what? This is my classroom. Can I make a side note real quick? What? When I had my surgery, my first surgery, and they had to put that port in to insert the, the chemo. Right. I was asking my mom, and I didn't. I didn't. Obviously, I didn't know what I was saying, but I saw a video afterwards. <laughs> I know what you're getting at. And I said, "Hey, I said, Mom, where's Scott?" She's like, "Oh, he couldn't be here, baby. He has to work." I said, "Scott sucks." <laughs> but here's the thing: I was under, <laughs> I was under heavy drugs. You were so. High. She is not. <laughs> and she just said, "Trump sucks." She the, said it the same way. The literally the same way as me when I was super high. Yeah. So this woman has issues is what I'm getting at. Well, here's the thing, people. What you're seeing right here is one person being exposed. And apparently she got suspended for this little act. I think she got fired. But here's the thing that people don't realize is that she'd been doing this for a long time, knew she was being recorded and liked the attention. It was only because this particular video caught wind on social media and turned into a little bit of a tweet storm oh. that they actually took action. So they were aware of her hijinks for a long time and were okay and with it. And didn't do anything until it got viral because I think she got fired, Scotty. Right. And so here's the issue, right? Hmm. If there's enough negative controversy from the social media Twitter sphere, right, and like enough outrage, the administrators will bend the knee to the parents. But if they can keep things going the way they are, then they're just going to keep doing what they're doing because they support, they tacitly support this behavior, right? If she's getting away with this here and she's one example, right, mm -hmm. of somebody who is, and you know, it's funny is you can hear the girl in the class going like, this is a chemistry class. Oh, kid, right? the kids were laughing. They thought it was hilarious. You know, because she's, they obviously understand how inappropriate this is mm -hmm. as ill-educated and rushed off into the crappy public school system as they are, they're still wise enough to understand that this is inappropriate, mm -hmm. that they're supposed to be learning freaking chemistry, but instead they're getting anti-Trump political rants from some fat lunatic leftist. And this is what they're getting all over America, people. I guarantee you, you get kids to speak to you honestly, and you will hear this if you give them, force them to think, have them give you your homework assignments every now and then. Yeah. You will see this everywhere. Mm -hmm. There are very few objective teachers and there are very few teachers who are not on the left. It, and it's possible too. like, I know, like you see parents and, and you can tell that, man, God, parenting is hard. And when I think back now that I'm a grown woman and I think back at how my mom raised me, I'm like, Shh, I don't know how she did it by herself. Right. But my mom was heavily involved in everything in my life. She, I mean, the, you know, obviously there were gaps here and there, but for the most part, she did a freaking darn good job. She stayed on top of you, and I think that that's what parents have forgotten. Is that oh, I wasn't allowed to go to certain people's yeah. houses. I would say, hey, mom, I want to spend a night at so-and-so's house, and she'd be like, let me think about it. She would literally go pray to see 
should my daughter go to so-and-so's house tonight? And sometimes she say yes. And these are the same individuals. It wasn't like different families all the time. Yeah. You're the same people that I went to church with. And she'd be like, not tonight, next time. And I was like, I'm so mad. <laughs> but, and maybe that's overboard. I don't, I don't know. I haven't raised a child. But I think it's that serious that you have to go to a higher power other than yourself and other than the freaking school board to raise a child and make them uh, good citizens in, in, in the, you know, in the society. I mean, people hear me say it all the time, get your kids out of school and homeschool. Not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody and thinks that's feasible. Sometimes. You're right. Some people, it's just simply not an option. But this government daycare center that you're sending your kids to is a propaganda mill and it's turning them all into brainless activists and leftists like General Milley. You've really got to protect your kids. Mm -hmm. You've really got to get engaged. You've got to challenge the ideas that they're bringing home because mm -hmm. you are where the buck stops, not with the administrators, not with those fat leftist slobs. Um, Let's move on to the next one, baby, because we are just... Because we are getting on fire with that topic, but there's so many burn, examples. Baby, Why don't you choose the next one? <laughs> Pelosi donation dinner in Napa Valley. Mm, we all saw that one, I'm Without sure. Without the masks. Without the masks. Rich people don't need masks. Well, you know what's interesting is this kind of goes back to this idea of demigods, right? Mm -hmm. There's always this class of people in every society and every era of humanity who simply either have so much power and influence that the rules don't apply to them mm -hmm. or because the populace elevates them to such a degree that they can do no harm, right? They can do no wrong. Yep. And the way that Democrats treat people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, I'm pretty sure kind of as Trump famously said, or infamously, I should say, I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and I could still get away with it. People like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer would get away with it. Yep. And go ahead and show them if, they, if you have footage here. Hypocrisy. By the way, after I emailed the speaker's office about the video, it's now no longer publicly accessible. I've yet to receive a response from the speaker's office. What do you know? What do you know, Scotty? She's like Marie Antoinette. Seriously. <laughs> Let them eat cake. Yeah, she just, they, this is what makes me, this is what makes me so angry and also laugh at the same time because I have to laugh have to not strangle all of you is that you hold up these foul people these elites you worship at their feet you obey their commands without question the mm -hmm. way you would obey a god or a demigod and then they go out there and put this stuff on the internet and they do ten, ish like this ten thousand dollar a plate dinners in napa valley where no one's wearing masks no one's social distancing barack obama's having parties in martha vineyard martha's vineyard with a everybody in close proximity inside a closed space just partying it up and getting all sweaty and breathing on each other and then they have the balls to get on tv and stand behind a podium and put on their serious face and their little masky mask and they tell you all you need to put your kids in a mask before they leave the house and you're all like yes yes master yes white master yes darn and black one hey you know what was interesting none of the people at that dinner felt and one iota of conviction about or an iota of guilt. Yes. Uh, about supporting representatives who take these draconian measures to quote, protect the public 
from coronavirus. Meanwhile, they're at that dinner and they're eating. So they didn't feel any conviction. And the reason why they didn't feel any conviction is because you feel conviction from someone else's rules, quote rules, right? Or, or standard. They worship themselves. The elites worship themselves. Oh, absolutely. So, they can give themselves a pass on these quote standards or rules that they give everyone else. So they don't feel conviction. They don't feel bad. Like, Oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this because I've been telling all these other people and I represent, or I, I support people that tell other people to wear masks all the time and social distance and stay home. I don't feel, they're like, I'm okay. I'm important. Well, I own a company. I'm a CEO. I can afford this dinner. And I bet that dinner was real good by the way. Mm. I'm not hungry. I don't know. We've been to a few of these political events. I don't care how much they charge per plate. A lot of times Scotty, rubber ten, chicken is rubber chicken. Scotty, $10,000. Maybe it's slightly better cooked chicken. Scotty, no. There's no way that the – I'm thinking about beef, by the way. There's no way that the beef wasn't like melting your mouth beef. Sorry. You need calm down. I haven't eaten dinner yet. That's, I'm hungry. That's I'm hungry. All right. Listen, since we brought him up, let's show black Jesus. All right? Because let's be real. I, I, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back for this. I have very good instincts. Mm -hmm. I always have, even when I was younger, because I'm really good at pattern recognition and I tend to not trust anyone. So I always look for the agenda behind the agenda. Except for me. <laughs> She's being cute again. Anyway. You trust me, baby. I absolutely trust you. But the thing about Barack Obama that bothered me right out of the gate was the fact that everybody seemed hysterically interested in getting him elected simply for novelty. Mm -hmm. right, I remember being annoyed as a kid growing up in Southern California where everybody we knew was liberal, even the people we went to church with. There were no conservatives like us. We were totally in the minority in our own neighborhoods. And that was where I grew up. I was a, I was a minority before I really even knew the term minority. But everybody voted for Clinton and Hillary. And when my parents would ask people politely, well, why? Because you know they had very strong political opinions, but they didn't want to get ousted from the house party. People would always say things like, oh, well, they just seem really cute together, or we just love their platform. Seriously? Yeah. Grown people? Grown people. <laughs> and, you know, business owners. and Really? And that sort of thing, yeah. And my parents always thought that was really lame. Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> when, I was in, when I was in high school, which is about the time that Obama became a thing, and he kind of entered the political scene, um, everybody jumped right on board, and I immediately started asking questions. And my question was, is like, first of all, what's his platform? What does he believe? And everybody would always get kind of like miffed and like see their back go up like this. They kind of get this little squishy face and they would kind of get hostile with me and they'd just be like, what are you, a racist? And I'd be like, would it be racist to ask what like the Republican dude was all about before right. you voted for him? And they'd be like, you just don't want to see a black man in office. And I'm like, why do you want to wow. see? And I would always counter question with why do you want to see one in office so bad? Mm -hmm. Why don't you? She has to justify these sounds. They're great. Sorry. Um, but, but I mean, seriously, like right out of the gate, I knew there was something wrong here. I knew that there was a cultural push happening, not a logical decision-making process. Mm -hmm. This was a form of worship. And it only exacerbated. It only got worse as time went on, especially as he started severing the country in two. I mean, yeah. I mean just, just think about recently, right? I've, I've been pounding this guy for his little super elite party on his little rich person island. Super elite. But he's been absolutely silent about Afghanistan, right? Mm -hmm. And we know he, he got caught red-handed with a whole quote about, like, never underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. And lots of people use this as a meme, and they circulate it around the internet all the time. So we know Barack Obama thinks that Joe Biden's an idiot. 
And the only reason that he took Joe Biden as a can vice presidential candidate is because his other opportunity was Clinton and the Clintons and the Obamas notoriously couldn't stand each other and they wouldn't work together well. So he needed, he needed a yes man. He needed a yes man who was also kind of an idiot car salesman who would stay out of trouble. But he was also <gasps> nervous because he knew Joe Biden was an F up. Obama. <laughs> We're best friends. But here's the thing. I haven't heard from him. Everybody treated this guy like black Jesus because simply that they wanted to see a black face at the head of the helm mm -hmm. so badly that they were willing to take anybody. And I, that's, again, this is why idol worship is so dangerous. I had a, um, I have two points. First of all, I had a, me and a friend, uh, Becca, I don't know if she watches the show, which she is because she's one of my best friends. If she doesn't. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, she uh, she and I were having, we were getting um, kind of uh, uh, jumped via Facebook in an argument. Mm. And I can't even remember what the argument was about. But this was um, maybe just before Trump got elected or right after. I can't remember. And we were talking, uh, we, we were going back and forth with all these people. And it was people that we went to church with church with people that we knew um uh years ago and, and all this stuff and it was all black people so it was me and this super white barbie and against all these black people and um this one chick first of all is nearly lighter than you she just happens to have like semi-black relatives and uh she's a super super red bone light-skinned chick and but very light-skinned and she's in her even her features anyway i'm getting i'm getting lost she uh she said she's like you know pro black and everything and she said um she said something to becca like you can't be in be in this conversation because you're white mm. and so becca responded and and sent a message to someone that was in this argument because you know it was, it was like you know a, a good competitive argument is fine it, it it doesn't have to be personal but this chick made it personal and so she said uh are you going to say anything to this this girl that just said that and the comment back was let us so and so and such and such such and such let us remember that white people voted for obama so that that was a reason that this black chick shouldn't say shouldn't be semi-racist or racist towards my super barbie white friend right and i was just like what? she prayed appropriate homage to her actual god yeah, well i'm not going to say if it was here because i don't want to give any, anybody away but that that's what the person said right. and and becca was like oh like her like her, she she's she flipped the lid she was she was like that's the reason why you shouldn't say racist comments is because i may or may not and people in my within my racial group voted for obama mm -hmm. so it's still like this and, and i don't know if that person still feels this way but it's still like this like but wait this person may have put obama in office Ooh. well see this is what this is what white liberals have always done is they could enact the most destructive and dubious policies and inflict them upon people of color or low-income folks all across America, which only further causes you harm for a decade, two decades, and ultimately leads you in this cycle of poverty and crime. But as long as they say when questioned, ah, but I voted for the Black Messiah, well, now they have the bona fides. Now they have the necessary religious sacrament. They made the appropriate sacrifice. They, they went and kneeled before the altar, right? You know, you checked off Democrat when the presidential ticket said Obama. Mm -hmm. And as a white, probably racist douchebag, elitist, if any person of color comes to question you, you get to say, 
with perfect dignity and no sense of guilt whatsoever. But I voted for a black man. And it's what it's what white racist douchebags do all the time. They've been doing it my whole life behind closed doors. They always play this game of like, oh, I, you know, you I, I hear your people. I refer to you as African-Americans. I was going to say, I've, like, I've, I've all these into cutesy that. little leftist games. But then behind closed doors, when you're gone, they see you as dogs and pets. Can and you please have I have we talked about this on the show? I, I think I've had you recite this before but you you were telling me how people in in la when you were in college talked about black people when they weren't around right so i had a i had a group of friends all white and well one was native american which was kind of a novelty and then uh there was one black fellow and he kind of drifted in and out of the group because he hated white folks and it was hard for him to kind of like split his attention but anyway he's not the focus of the story it's, it's the other white guys so you know some of these other white guys we'd be we'd be driving along and maybe some guy would go by kind of a ghetto stereotype thumping music too loud and you know dragging his jalopy you know down the street and you know one of these fellows would time up and be like oh you know natives are getting restless again making all that noise or you know he would see uh he would see some black people arguing on the street corner and he'd just be like oh he doesn't want to go over there and pat them on their head they're like children you know and, and and this was the kind of thing i heard very frequently not just from the social circle but from everybody and these and were you hung out with hollywood people and these were people whose parents were connected like presidents of universities right. on the east coast these were people who had connections to the entertainment industry like this is la this is california this isn't western north carolina right. this isn't eastern north carolina no. you know what this I mean? is this is hollywood like level stuff right and you know and not all of them are rich some of them are just white liberals but they all despised black people. Mm -hmm. There was a venom there. And you know what? I shed some of that venom because I was frustrated by always getting like mocked and beat on and treated badly by black people up there. Do you still feel? <laughs> Obviously not, or this wouldn't work, but you get my point. This is not, this is not, you know, this is not like outliers people. Yeah. Most of the white folks that you see on TV or you vote for or have Democrat next to their name, that's just, the religious sacrament that's just the robe that they wear in order to convince you that they're there to do the best thing for you and your people mm -hmm. but in reality what they want is they want to suck you dry and they don't give a damn what happens to you or yours and, and all you have to do is look at the plight of black folks in america for the last i don't know how many years oh obama was supposed to change all of that right i mean I mean, we had this great, the great uniter, Obama, was in office two years, and all he did was make race relations worse, and black people are worse off than they've ever been. Can I just say this? So, cause, because people may think Scotty and I are being hyperbolic, but we're not. Now, um, Jamie Foxx was in, uh, I, don't, I don't know where he was, he was in front of us. He was in a, some kind of stadium or award show or something, and he says, quote, first of all, giving honoring, um, honor to God and our Lord and Savior, Barack Obama. Okay, you can say that was a joke. He's kind of a comedian kind slash a singer slash actor, but everyone in the stadium cheered. And it's like, okay, humor subjective. Maybe it just wasn't my type of joke. But I remember that time. The Obamas were on the on the TV screen all the time. Late night shows were always um, interviewing them, kissing their high parts. They were always getting like private uh, concerts from Beyonce and different singers. I mean, they were on all the magazines. I remember going to the grocery store all the time during that time. And I was like, if I see Michelle and Barack Obama on another magazine cover, <laughs> I'm going to become a, 
a grocery store shooter. <laughs> I don't blame you. That would be worship. That was the most. That, that was the most astroturf celebrity couple I've ever seen. Yeah, but and they soaked it up. You know what I think? One of, and this I think segues nicely into another example of idol worship here. And this is people of color worshiping their own race. Oh God! And I think that's the only reason that the Obama scam could have been perpetuated on the American people so effectively right. is because so many people of color were just begging for more representation because they just can't stand the notion that of voting for somebody who just represents their interests. They got to see the skin. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. I think we have a good example here. Uh, this link right here. I don't know if we have it, but is this the one where it's examples. like all white people are racist? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, take a look at this. This is, is an oldie but goodie it's, that's made the rounds on the internet. We'll just play a few seconds of this one just as a little reminder to the audience. So, so. <laughs> I put this up because I really want any white person in the room to know up front that this is what we're dealing with, that it's not going to be this coddling of white tears and what that looks like. We're not going to discuss, oh, maybe some of us have worked it out. No, you're always going to be racist, actually. So even when you're on your path to trying to figure out how to be a better human being, people of color and black folks being dehumanized, that actually everyone is dehumanized on threat within white supremacy, that y'all are born into a life to not be human, and that's what y'all are taught to do, to be demons. All right, I'm done with this piece of whatever. Anyway, this... this Peace, that's a lot of peace. This stuffed sausage is uh, apparently able to accrue speaking fees by simply going around and not particularly artfully or eloquently calling white people racist and inhuman. Okay. This is what this remind this is this video reminded me of this. Every religion that at least that I can think of at the moment has a a good and an evil mm -hmm. that goes like this. Absolutely. Contending forces, right? Contending. And she worships she bowed out she bows down to the altar of black mm -hmm. b-l-a-q-u-e and, black, black. <laughs> and but it's good black is good i mean i don't know if we'll have time to show the nick cannon um uh video but more mel the more melanin the better the more and not just better but the good like the more melanin you have physically that means you're more virtuous, you're more compassionate, you're good. You're you're literally the blacker you are, the more Jesus like you are is what we would say. And for her, it's like she, because she worships her blackness, there has to be an evil. It has so that means it has to be the opposite of what she is, which is white. So whites are demons. In Christian religion and even in Hin I know I think Hinduism, I don't know if Islam or any other religions have demons. But demons are the evil. Mm. We we eradicate them. We are we are meant to cast them out of people. We are meant to avoid them at all costs. We know them as evil. So to call a white person a demon means that that person that said that, which is the stuffed sausage, that means that she <laughs> that I'm means glad that that, on. <laughs> that means that she worships her blackness. So there has to be some like a, a is a is a dichotomy. A protagonist it, needs an antagonist. Exactly. They it, there has to be an opposite and a balance, I guess, mm -hmm. for her for her storyline or whatever the devil she has in her head. And and it's white people. I mean, she's just a grifter, in my opinion. I think she's just riding a wave of what she sees as 
anger and rage towards whites and she can get away with it culturally right now without getting her I don't know Scotty kicked I don't know because when I first got involved with comp with uh, I was about to say communism <laughs> Lord forgive me when show I, me your little red book <laughs> when I first got involved with uh, politics and conservatism uh I ran across that video like someone sent it to me I can't remember and I was like holy crap I never heard anything like that but that's when it was new. So she's the first of her kind to come out with stuff like that. I don't think this person specifically is grifting. I think she really meant that. She was the first to like, as far as I know, to really put it out there on the internet, not just teach it in a class or, or say it amongst her friends. It became a viral video. I think it was 2017 that that happened. You know, what's interesting too is that if you watch the video and you watch the audience when the camera pans to them, what you see are a lot of these very professory looking type like like, middle-aged white women. And they're all trying to give that same sort of like almost like they're sitting in church and, you know, they're a little nervous and they feel kind of indicted. But at the same time, they're like nodding along to the preacher's sermon. At the time, no one had ever heard anything like that. Right. But you could see them. Nobody questions They were it. like. Nobody gets up, nobody yells, nobody objects, nobody gets angry and storms out. Because you can't do a Negro. Exactly, because they worship them. They worship the Negro. Because the Negro gives them virtue. The Negro gives them a bulletproof vest that they can use culturally. Negress. Yes, in this case, a Negress or yep. a stuffed sausage. Yep. So I, I don't think we'll have time because we're um, getting to the I top mean, of the hour. We have so many examples, right? But well, we've, we, I mean, we've got LeBron James, we've got Nick Cannon, we've got a, we've got a lot of different examples. Speaking of which, you were talking about the whole melanin level worship and the conspiracy theories behind that. This is really prominent in the prison system, the prison system pipeline. Oh. So when I was working in the jail, I had this conversation at least once a week. Mm -hmm. And these guys would come up to me and they'd say things like, hey, you know, I've been reading this book. I've been I've been talking to my boys, some pamphlets. We got some ideas going around. Uh, we just want to know, like, do white people have like sulfur in their blood or something like that? Like, how can you explain that? And like I was reading this book and it was telling me that like the reason like white people is so violent towards like black peoples and peoples of colors is because like you got like sulfur in your blood or something. And like I want like you're a good. You're a smart guy. You seem smart, Officer Harris. Like. Can you, can you explain that to me a little better? And I'd be like, what in the F are you idiots reading? Do we need to, like, do we need to start, like, you know what I'm looking for? Selecting, editing your books? What the hell? No, and I'm not kidding. This is the thing. Like, I'm not playing this up. This is something that's really prominent in the ignorant criminal black community. This sort of Nick Cannon, whites are savages, conspiracy theory, sulfur in our blood, we're demons. We're not capable of empathy. We're not capable of higher thinking because we don't have as much melanin as you guys. Like, they are scraping the bottom of the barrel to generate hate towards us. But here's the thing Nick Cannon can semi do that those um, uh, inmates can't do, mm. which is what Karl Marx used to do. Um, they called it like jargon. Like I, I read some of Karl Marx's writings, like his uh, his columns when he was a journalist. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, what the devil is he saying? Yeah. I have no idea. They wrap it up and they like like I was talking about earlier, they package it in a certain way. And, and I think uh, Kendi does this, too. The the um, main um, critical race theory guy, like he's mm -hmm. get, he's become a millionaire because of this. They they wrap it up in in like jargon and intelligent sounding words and they're like this is legitimate <laughs> and that's what nick cannon does and it's like well because i have a higher iq than like i don't know a goldfish it doesn't fly with me but i'm like and, and because i don't worship my race it doesn't fly with me but people fall for it because it sounds intelligent and they also want it to be true 
it's like it's like the preacher effect. Right. It's like for certain certain depending on what race you're preaching to, you're gonna you're gonna grab their attention. Like before the show started, I was telling you. <laughs> I'm not going to do it because I may do it to your family. We're going on vacation this weekend and next week. And I'm super excited because we're going to go see Scott's family. And I made a joke of a trick that I was going to play on everybody. It's going to be hilarious. And I may just do it. So I'm not going to tell what it is. But I was talking about like this, that, that black preacher thing. And if you do that, it's like this guy's preaching. Yes, Lord. Yeah, it's the it's the you got the wait. unnecessary inhale. You got you have to inhale where it sounds like you're damaging all of this up in here. And, and your, Jeremiah, your esophagus is is like, the people. Has like ridges. <laughs> anyway, mm, but you know, and this is why I think a lot of uh, <clears throat> and this is why I can relate a lot of this back to this idea of idol worship and false gods is that. People tend to think of calves, they think of statues, they think of Marduk or whatever. We don't realize how easy it is to break the first couple of commandments for those of us who actually give a dang about them. Because it could easily, like, I mean, here's here's a fun factoid, right? Something like when it, when it came to the election versus um, Trump and Biden, something like pull, uh, they, they took polling data of evangelical whites to see their voting and black Christians. And what they found was this was something like 87% of white evangelicals voted for Trump. But when it came to the black folks who were church attendees, religiously affiliated and very proud of it, it was almost the same exact statistic in the other direction. Mm. All right. So what does that tell you? Right. Even though the values were far more consonant with the Bible and the scripture on the Republican side, these people were far more likely to vote even for a white Democrat just because they, I think. Because of the D. Because they worship the D. Wait. <laughs> Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. They worship the D, princess. Democrat, Democrat. <laughs> but let's let's be real. Like, and race, their worship of their own race, their worship of their melanin, their worship of their culture, and all of that stuff plays into that decision. And I'm sorry for the people who are watching this who are very sensitive about their affinity groups, but let's be real. If you're in the tribe of Christ, your skin don't mean nothing to me. Not a dang thing. I may have sulfur in my blood, but I can see your demons real good. Mm -hmm. all right all right babe let's move on because we could talk about this we should I we mean, got so many cool little things in store but uh the thing to remember here is is that celebrities politicians mm -hmm. politics even your cultural affinity groups are all gods that replace the one true god and they will drive you down a dark path mm -hmm. they do nothing for you they don't make you stronger they don't make you wiser they don't make your life any better and happiness is the true rubric behind all of this if you're a truly satisfied individual who is living a meaningful life and carrying the load that you were meant to bear in god's name race won't matter politics will start to align with your actual values as opposed to what people put on you yep and so this is something that i want you all to think about very carefully and i appreciate you all riding my rants and dealing with us i agree but my dear let's move on to our new segments okay let's do this what do we got next so what we have next is the a, a segment that scotty usually does if you're new to the show um scott it was a krav maga instructor he he taught um I don't know, Navy SEALs and women <laughs> folk and old folk and young folk and me folk and what other kind of there was a, there was a pictures you sent me you were teaching bodyguards uh, governor's bodyguards governor's bodyguards like <clears throat> knives and guns and how to take them away and like doing Dieter drills like the like the navy seals and uh, such okay sure whatever where they put a hood over the head and oh yeah totally i knew that drill um <laughs> so pretty much bottom line is scotty knows how to kill people 
Scotty has never killed anybody, but if he has to, he knows exactly how to do it and very efficiently. Um, and he knows how to teach people to do it. And Scott is very, very big on situational awareness and, and being up on uh, being fit-ish, at least fit-ish, right, Scott? Absolutely. At least be fit-ish because, you know, you, you may have to save your life one day. And so uh, we have this segment that we call Use of Force. Ooh, I love that intro. And I know she does too. Mm-hmm. So baseball bats, not just for hitting baseballs. Actually, a fairly common implement used in a lot of crimes, and we have some video of one that takes place in what looks like a supermarket. Tune in. Those of you who are just um, listening, I will try to describe the scene. So, perpetrator enters stage right, comes through the glass doors with a backpack, a hat, and a bat in his right hand, and he is showing all kinds of aggressive behavior. Camera switches. He walks up, and boom, two shots. One to the head, and then he hits the clerk again while he's down. And it appears that the clerk is unconscious at this point. Bat-wielding maniac approaches the register and begins to start pilfering the cash. Concerned citizen walks up from the left, starts talking to him, making threats, pointing his finger. Guy continues to put cash into his backpack. However, here's where it becomes a use of force thing to think about. This concerned citizen makes sure that he keeps distance between him and the attacker using a shopping cart to negate the reach of the baseball bat. And while he's doing this, someone else comes up behind the attacker and is able to wrap his arms around him, secure the bat, and then a whole group jumps him and gets him down on the ground. So let's go ahead and rewind there, babe. So there's a few things to think about with this video. Uh, First of all, man, I hope that that clerk recovered because Mm -hmm. that was a hard whack to the temple and then he got hit again on the ground Mm -hmm. um just minding his own business trying to do his crappy 12 hour 12 hour an hour job just gets nailed in the head with a baseball bat anyway i digress so uh scroll back and freeze frame him coming through the double doors for me now for those of you who aren't um watching the video and even for those of you who are i want you to freeze it as soon as he comes down to the center of the frame go ahead and bring it up a little bit right keep going there all right, look at this gentleman's body posture and his body language, right? Bowed out shoulders, bowed back, arms spread to the side, wielding the weapon. Now take the bat out of frame. Everything about this guy screams hostility. If somebody's approaching you with this kind of body language, you should already be going for the mace in your purse, getting ready. You should already be thinking about creating space. You should already be thinking about putting something between you and them. You should already be thinking, what's the next step if this person decides to take a swing at me or decides to charge me or something else? Ignore the bat entirely. This person's body language should tell you the whole story. The fact that he has a bat in his hands only makes it that much more severe Mm -hmm. and immediate. All right, let's go ahead and zoom in, uh, continue, I'm sorry. So now he comes up and all these people are just doing their shopping, minding their own business. Bang. So this person has been a surprise Ugh. attacked. Um, given the way he was holding the bat, they probably didn't see it coming. And the shot to the head probably either rendered them unconscious or unable to get up and resist. Everybody scatters. And, you know, I understandably so. However, this is where things get interesting. Go ahead and freeze it here. So this guy with the tank top and the flip-flops decides that he's not okay with what's happening, starts jawjacking with the robber who's not even the least concerned at this point and is just pilfering the drawer. 
Now, if you are going to get involved, this guy actually does a pretty good job of it. You can see he's not armed himself. He's not carrying a concealed weapon. He, he doesn't he hasn't thought to use any of one of these giant amounts of wine bottles on his right, which would make a great blunt force object. After I'm you just drink saying. it. Right. Well, no, it's better when it's full. But the point is, is that he does use his wits in one sense, which is that he grabs the shopping cart in front of him and uses it to create space and starts ramming it at the individual with the bat. What this does is it negates the reach of the bat and it allows him to keep him distracted while other individuals come up and flank him from the sides and behind while he's not looking. So as he's doing this and this robber is starting to kind of fight back, another guy sees his opportunity, jumps him, and then it's just a dog pile at this point. So from a use of force standpoint, if you are going to be involved and you feel the need to kind of jump in and put your skin in the game, this is actually a pretty good example of how it could be done. Now, if this guy with a shopping cart who instigated this whole um, scenario was the guy got the better of him and there was nobody to back him up, he might be in trouble. But, you know, he, he had some courage and he used what seemed like a pretty good um, block and a, and a way to stop the, the, the reach of a bat. Mm -hmm. So one thing to think about is, is that when we're dealing with folks with weapons in these sort of encounters, <clears throat> is that the type of weapon matters very much in terms of how you respond to it. Right. If he was holding a sword or a machete in his hand, which actually is quite common in places like the Philippines and Brazil, um, you know, using that shopping cart would have been the same strategy I would use because, again, you don't want to get anywhere near that chopper. Right. However, because the guy has a baseball bat, you have the advantage of being able to negate reach. What that means is, is that a baseball bat's only really going to be effective if they can get a swing off. Mm -hmm. But if you can get inside and you can wrap them up, that blunt force object is useless at that point. And that's why you want to get inside. Yeah. As a person that I'm just using my imagination, a person that doesn't really know much yet, I feel like if you're fast, like I feel like I'm kind of fast. Okay. They used to call me a gazelle back when I played basketball, but whatever. And um, <laughs> I feel like if I could anticipate, right? Sure. I, okay, can I stand up and do this? Absolutely, as long as they can see you, baby. Okay. I feel like you should drop down, stay in your fighting stance, right? Mm -hmm. As the bat is going, you know, over your head, and then tackle. Take them like a double leg takedown. No, well, yeah, something like that. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or well, by the the waist or whatever, football well, tackle something. What you, you know what? If you can do that, and they take a swipe at your head like they're trying to go for a home run, and you can get under it, and you can get inside, and you can wrap them up. Great. Um, you you're definitely gonna want to stress drill that and train it. But right. here's an interesting little factoid. Okay. Most of the time when people attack with blunt objects, they attack the same way. Okay. The, the attack pattern is actually fairly predictable. And you'll notice that if you rewind the video, which you don't have to do because okay. we've seen it twice. But the, the way he attacks the clerk and knocks him down is the same way that most people attack with a baseball bat. They rear their arm back and then they swing at like a 45 degree arc forward and down. So you would have to go down real low. Well, the way that it swings is that since it's coming down and across, you wouldn't be able to duck that. You'd still get hit. Unless you were already short. What you would need to do is weave to the outside. You know what's interesting okay. is that I teach HEMA, Historical European Martial Arts, and that is the first swing that you teach with a sword. Mm -hmm. It's a one cut if you're doing like knife play or something else. So. One of the things that I think even like sword masters from the 15th century understood was that the most intuitive strike in the hands of a brute is going to be that one cut 
or if like, say you're talking about ancient Renaissance Italy, the hmm. Mandrito Squalambrato, right? If it's a baseball bat, it's the same thing. Everybody attacks the same way. Okay. So if you have that kind of an attack coming at you, you can develop defenses for it. Krav Maga has some and others. Excuse me. Coronavirus. But the point is, people, is train. Be aware. See the pre-fight indicators coming. If you're like this unfortunate clerk and you just get clocked in the head and you're unconscious, well, game over for you. Hopefully, you have a concerned citizen who can save you. But yep. to prevent that kind of thing, you want to keep your head on a swivel. If you have somebody coming at you with all these pre-fight indicators, bat or no bat, you should be making distance. You should be getting ready for something coming, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need to have a stern talking to with somebody who's already in fight mode. Mm -hmm. You should get yourself into fight or escape mode instantly. Now, if you see somebody with a bat, you should be drawing your gun, right? That is a lethal weapon. They can kill you with it. This clerk is lucky to not be dead. I, in fact, I hope they are not dead. Yeah. I have not read the news report on this one like I usually do. Yeah. Um, now, if you have to deal with an implement, this video illustrates a pretty effective way of doing it. Cut off the distance so they can't get to you with the swing. Mm -hmm. And then if somebody's there to help you, just blindside them and wrap them up so that that bat doesn't mean anything. This is actually a good outcome. Um, and uh, Good. It's better than the last one with yeah. that freaking hatchet. Sometimes I watch some of these and I get depressed. This one I feel pretty good about. Good. I, just, I just hope the clerk isn't like sipping food through a straw. But um, well, I'm just going to leave it at that. That concludes today's use of force. Thank you, guys. So we're coming up to our um, final segment, which is uh, Ladies Listen. Mm. Ladies, so cute. ladies, listen, I have a theory. And Scott, actually, I don't know if you know what I'm about to talk about, but you tell me if you agree with me. My theory is is Afghanistan the, the Afghanistan fiasco happened because we worship we as a country worship femininity, mm. and this is this is why. Um, everything Millie has said, uh, uh, Pasaki, whatever the, whatever the devil, however the devil you say her name, uh, little, little red lion hood, yeah, whatever. Um, Anybody that you talk to from the, the Biden administration, um, it seems to be mostly feelings based. It's it's time to leave. I'm tired of our young men and women dying and so on and so forth. Now, I didn't I, I, I did not enlist. I almost did, but I did not enlist. And so and, and even if I had enlisted, I wouldn't have been in combat. And so I have no concept of what's that like, of what that's like. And I'm not in favor of war. I'm not a neocon either. But what I do know is when you talk to people who have actually been in combat, a lot of them say, I signed up for this. And I'm, I'm talking about top tier people, yeah, you know, like a Navy SEALs and um, special forces and, and whatnot. Um, when things are super feelings based, that means there's a feminine aspect to it. Um, and we talked about this when we when we spoke with Nay Logan. When women lead, or uh, when women let men lead, men rise up, and when men lead, women blossom. And for some reason, we've taken oh, you know, women have been kind of second class citizens all throughout history. So that means we need to be more than men. This goes back to what we've been talking about the entire time. When women women are now worshiping their femininity so much so that they're quote evangelizing it to people with penises and they're like you need to be like me just how you and i would tell someone be like jesus or follow uh follow me as i follow christ mm 
he's he's the head, right? God is the head. He's the example. We've we've been lied to, women, and now we think that men need to be more like us. That is a problem. It goes back to what I just said. We're evangelizing to a generation of men, maybe, maybe probably your generation and then the one Gen, Gen Z now. You need to be more like us. So then what that creates is we have, so what happens is, is the men who actually have leadership skills, like your Obamas, um, like your, uh, I don't know, Eric Swalwells. I, I don't know. <laughs> I would, yeah, whatever. I can't think of anybody else right now. Um, you have people like that that have leadership qualities, if they were raised by, by real men, they would have probably been really great leaders. Your Bidens, they would have been great honorable leaders because honor and, and responsibility and strength are male characteristics, masculine characteristics. Um, women are making the culture more effeminate, thus making men who can't lead if they do take a position of authority, they lead with their feelings like females. Um, or they know how to exploit that. It, yeah. And I, I think what's happening is we had, like you sent me that, that um, video of what Alexander the Great may have said when that mutiny occurred. He stood up in strength. Yeah, if it actually did happen. Be gone. Mm-hmm. It was like, if you, if you want to leave, you can leave. But, but first he was like, here's all the things that my father did. Here's, all the, here's a longer list of things that I did. I brought you strength. I brought you this. I brought you that. And he was like, if you want a mutiny, you can leave. See how you do on your own. That's a very logical um, way to go about things that, that men do. And women are like, I can't let my baby go. I can't let him go. Like, for instance, I have a friend who, um, when he turned 18 or so, he, he decided he was leaving God. He didn't want to serve God anymore. Well, his, his life went to hell. He was, like, peeing on cop cars. He was, he was a club promoter. And um, his, he had no money. He was dead broke. And he would come home, and his dad said, no, don't give him anything. Don't give him food. And like that could seem mean, but, and the mom was like, Oh, I just want to take, give him food to take home. And the dad said, no, don't do it. If he wanted to go on his own and be his own man and live his life how he wants to and be his own God, then that's what he's going to do. That's the way men handle things. Men handle things were in a way that women would sometimes think, think is harsh. There may be things you do to our children that will make me go, Ooh, I don't like it. Oh, that's my baby. Oh my God. I remember when they were baby, you know, like I'm not going to like it, but we have to follow men in that aspect and not all the time, obviously, like obviously you want to follow someone you trust, but we can't make men us focusing on insecurity. So this is what women do. They focus so much on what they don't have. They focus so much on what so they feel like society has done to them. The guy who, who slept with them and then left right after um, the dad who left them, the father figure who did them wrong. Like, um, women, uh, what, what was I? Sorry. Uh, focusing on insecurities, fighting for rights that you already have and hating masculinity is a form of worship. Anything that takes your focus, that takes the majority of your focus is probably something that you're worshiping. Um, my name is Nzinga. I'm named after a African warrior, probably from the Angola area. She was a fierce warrior. She was bad to the bone. She was B.A. You know what? She didn't win the war. Now, you told me this. Historically, women start more wars. 
than men have in human history, and they've lost more wars. We have to be comfortable with the role God gave us. If we're not, we will worship our femininity, we will worship ourselves, we will worship vaginas, and we will make, we will evangelize and tell men that they have to be like us, which will cause things like Afghanistan. There was, there could have been a systematic way to, to withdraw from Afghanistan. Like we did, we've done in other countries and Biden didn't do it. And everything that he, all the reasons he gave in that press conference were feelings based. Now he didn't do, I feel, I feel, I feel. But if you, if you go back and look at the transcript, it was all about we don't want this and we don't want that and we're tired of this. And he tried to be masculine at the end of it and say, the buck stops with me. But your whole argument for why you did what you did was based on your feelings and you can't stand the idea of more people dying and we've been here long enough and blah, 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 blah. So to go along with you know the false gods and um, idol worship, women worship their femininity they worship the fact that they are women and then they've made men women as well and we have to stop doing that because when men are women we have no security we have no watchmen at the wall we have no one that can make the hard decisions we have no one to go to bat for us and go to war that's why there's mostly women at school board meetings yelling at these these uh school board officials is because the men are at home eating chips playing video games going to the bar, playing pool, because their role is no longer needed. And we need to create that um, that void that they can start feeling. So that's my latest listen. I hope that made sense. Amen, sister. Yeah. Amen. And you know, one of the things I'd like to add as a caveat, who's would be the recipient of all of this power privilege, should women actually choose to follow us and serve us, as the Bible would describe it, is that we're not doing this for our benefit. We're doing this because this is the natural shoe that fits. We just have more upper body strength. We have bigger bone structure. We're the ones you're always asking to do the dirty jobs and go out and work in the sun when it's 96 degrees out with a heat index of 110 and scrape concrete. I mean, I don't see a lot of women in the concrete coating industry. I don't see a lot of women working on garbage trucks. I don't, I don't see a lot of women working in, you know, high levels of danger or discomfort. It's almost like their instinct tells them not to do that mm-hmm. because they have a duty somewhere else. It is like their instinct is telling not, them not to do that. They've done studies on this. If you give people, if in a nation, if you give men and women room to decide whatever the devil they want to do for the rest of their life, women are going to choose something with their, with their kids or they're, they're helping people like nurses and men are like, yeah, I think I'll work with computers or do construction. Like, Women like people, men like things. It's just the way it is. The thing I'm trying to get at, though, is that when everyone's in their place, it's like a puzzle. It comes together and it works beautifully. And I, I think we we beat men down. Like, how many relationships have we seen, have we come in contact with, where even if the man is like, he's the boss at his job, at home, he's like lesser than the dog. I see a lot. That's of, wrong. I see a lot of otherwise very capable, intelligent, and strong men with a great deal of knowledge and a, just a wealth of wisdom that they're willing to offer being completely sidelined and neutered when they're at home, especially when it comes to raising the children. You don't neuter your man. It would be like. It's embarrassing. To I'm watch. not going to get graphic, but it would be like women being mutilated. Like if we've been, if we've been 
knocked down a peg since the beginning of, let's say, since the beginning of human history after the fall. Okay, let's just say women have been second class citizens since then. What good is it going to do to turn around and make men second class citizens? Men have always been the ones that go to war. The Spartan women, they'd be like, come back um, with your sword or on it or something like that. I can't remember the exact quote. Come back with your shield or on it. Yeah, it's like like we raise men, we raise boys knowing that they may die in war before we died. Because that's what men do. If we if we stay in our like this pisses me off. If we if we're in our place and we're secure in our place and not behind the man, not ten paces behind, not we're lesser. Just in our role. If we're in our role, if everyone's playing the role, it's just like a basketball team. I played basketball from thirteen to twenty two. If everyone's if if the point guard wants to be the center, like when I was in. in <laughs> when I was in practice, I always wanted to be a center, but I'm five foot four. That's a problem. And so during practice, I'd be like, yeah, give me the ball. Give me the ball. And I would go down there and I'd post up on a big girl and I would feel like I could do it. I really, really, I really, really would. But this, these big, massive girls would just block my shot and we would laugh and ha ha, <laughs> whatever. Even when I play with, when I used to play basketball with teenage boys, one time one of my brother's friends didn't see me standing there and he accidentally hit me. I literally went flying and slid across the entire court and I got up like, what the? I can already hear the sound like, no, it wasn't skin. It was shorts. <laughs> and he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He was like one of those country, really polite guys, but he just literally didn't see me. Actually, I think I'm taller than him. And he still knocked me across the court. Mm-hmm. There's different roles. When I play basketball, the guys are, are there was a reason why they, they're politer. They're politer. Can I offer a quick more, they're, Hold on. They're more polite and they're not as aggressive when they play against me. Mm-hmm. Now, a quick anecdote. So I had my mother actually come and try one of my Krav Maga classes when I still ran a studio. And these classes are very aggressive and very forceful, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the idea. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's beginner level class, though. So it was something she could take, no problem. She comes onto the mat and, you know, she's this sort of middle-aged white woman and she hasn't done anything sort like this. Sort of white? You know, I, you told me she's black, so I'm just going with it. Inside. Inside. We still haven't come up with a cute term for white on the outside, black on the inside. Oh, we will. Come on, Enjoy. internet. Give us something cute. Anyway, so so mom comes out. She's being a good sport, and she's, like, learning how to do punches and stuff like that. And so, you know, she has a male partner, and I deliberately put her with the smallest man I could find. He's this really small Hispanic guy named mm-hmm. Fernando. Or Francisco, I'm sorry. And, you know, he's, he's not a particularly tall guy. He's not particularly big. He's just, you know, a very small Hispanic dude. And he holds the pad for her happily, and she's pounding away on it and doing the best she can. And then it's her turn to hold for him. And this was very important. This is why I wanted to pair her with a man and not another woman. It's because my mother's very aggressive and she's a very high level of confidence. And she's also very combative and she has been her whole life. But luckily, she's never had to back it up with actual violence. Mm-hmm. And this gentleman, he used maybe 60% of his force and he was smaller than she was mm-hmm. physically. And her face changed instantly as soon as she st- he started hitting that pad. And she had to adjust her balance and, and like reframe herself and start breathing out. I mean, she's using a pad that prevents injury completely. I mean, mm-hmm. I can pound on her all day long with one of those pads and she wouldn't get hurt. But she wasn't ready for that level of force. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't even using all of it. He was keeping gas on reserve in the tank and he was smiling at her. Because of, it's a chick. But she said to me later, she's like, I saw what you did to me. You wanted to shock me by having a man attack me, and he didn't even use his full strength. And she's like, and it was shocking, and I was shocked. And holy crap, I am so glad that none of those men that I 
talked smack to or threatened or got right up in their face ever hit me because I'd be dead. Have I ever told you how I figured out that how much weaker I was than my brother? <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Have I ever said it on the show? I think I don't you mentioned repeat. that he threw you across the room once. We were wrestling, mm -hmm. and I love I like to wrestle. Some I've never, wrestles. yeah, I love to fight because I feel like I'm bad to the bone. I know I'm small, but just let me have this. She's feisty though; she's fast. And my brother threw me on the bed or something, and I was like, <sighs> and I and I think I said to him like, "Man, you know, I'm just realizing how scrawny and weak I am compared to a man." And my brother's a bigger guy, but still, and. I said, oh, now my biggest fear is getting raped. Like, <laughs> rape, like, like being beat by, like, first, okay, being beat by man, yeah, but the rape for some reason is more important to me. Um, but, like, that was, like, lower on my mm. what I'm afraid of scale, and it just went to the top like that. Because and you realized how easy it would be if they chose. He was, he was showing me a wrestling move once, and he had me maybe this far off the ground from the table, and he was just holding me up, and then he just let me go. And I was like, huh, because he didn't give me a warning and it knocked the breath out of me. He said, and it didn't hurt, but it was just like, huh. and he says, I'm so sorry. You're so light. I didn't even know I was holding you. And I was like, well, daggum, I need to eat. <laughs> like that's, that's the difference between men and women. And, and the only way that we can beat a man is with psychological warfare. So we got to teach you when you're six how to treat women. We need to teach you. I mean, that's a good thing, but it's, it's, it, it's a sinister plot. We have to teach you when you're in middle school, that you're less than a woman, that women have always been oppressed and you need to move aside. We need to make sure that you're not graduating from college as, as often as women. We need to make sure that when you are a man, that you're just, you, that you're not competing with me for certain jobs. Like we manipulate, we, we say little things under our breath. We are passive aggressive. Like that's the only way women can fight. And I've heard strong women from, from uh, uh, time and time again say, I knew I couldn't beat him physically, so I just used my mouth. And and men, I feel like you, when you were talking about <laughs> the other thing earlier, men, you cannot, you, like you cannot fall for this bull crap. You're strong, you're meant to be strong. I remember, this is the last thing I'm gonna say because I could talk about this forever. I remember I was, uh, and I'm getting religious, praise God. I remember I was praying one time and I felt like I was I should pray for men. And I started praying and I just cried and I cried because and this is before I knew any statistic, before I got politically evolved. And I just knew within me that there was a war on men. And then when I got politically involved and I and I understood what was going on in the quote, quote culture war, I was like, OK, what I was feeling was real. And I was determined from not from that point, but even before that I no matter how strong I am, no matter how much of a personality, no matter how high my IQ is compared to my partner, I am not going to be the woman that is like, oh, I'll do it. Oh, I'll do it. No, you can't do it. Let me handle this. I'm not going to be that woman because if he's in his place and I'm in my place, we both are. He, he's, he's rising up and leading and I'm protected. Thank God. And I'm blossoming and I can just do my podcast and play with my microphones and raise my kids and just have fun. And then when I want to stand up, he'll be like, go ahead, babe, do your thing. And I'll be like, listen, you don't talk to my kids like that. I can I can do whatever I want. And then I can back up and be like, all right, now you can take the place again. <laughs> I don't have to carry it. I just step into it and go back. Exactly. So I just say to men, if you're dating a woman, if if you're dating a woman that you know wears the pants because every man knows within them 100% for sure whether or not they're wearing the pants in, in the relationship. If you're dating a woman that is, that's got your freaking jockey by, 
by the, give me, help me, Scotty. By the scrote. Yes. <laughs> Dump her immediately. First of Dump. all, talk her, talk to her. Maybe, maybe she'll change. I don't know. Nah. But she needs to go. If you're married to a woman, you need to put the hammer down, even if she threatens to leave. If she threatens to leave, you say you can go. The door's open, but you can go. But I'm telling you right now, I'm wearing the pants. Men have to do that for the sake of their children, for the sake of their family, their church, their neighborhood, and this country. We have to, men have to step up in that place. Praise Jesus. I'm done. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a fantastic show. Hopefully all of your idols have been adequately crushed underfoot. One thing I will finish with before we go offline is the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Mm -hmm. And what's he talking about? Well, obviously the implication is, is that you can't worship anybody but me, but this can mean anything that takes your mind, that takes your soul, that takes your focus and turns you into something else, something unclean, something impure, something sinful. And it could be as simple and insidious as worshiping the color of your own skin. Mm -hmm. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thank you for tuning in. We love you all. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Ebony and